Good afternoon. Welcome to the Cone Zone. That's Lowell Cone. I'm Grant Cone. And the title of the show is The 49ers Who Are on Kyle Shanahan's Bad List. I was over at my dad's yesterday and we were listening to Kyle Shanahan's conference call. And we were both remarking at how calm and uh, generous he sounded on the call and how he really took the loss in stride. But if you listen to the words he was saying, it seemed like maybe there were a few people on his team that he was sort of blaming for the loss or holding responsible for the loss. And I don't know. Let's talk about people that potentially are on Kyle Shanahan's naughty list, starting with the quarterback, Brock Purdy. It was his worst game with the 49ers. It was his first loss. Uh, the Browns seem to find something. They seem to have like created the blueprint for stopping Brock Purdy. Let's get into it, Dad. What'd you see from well, Brock Purdy? What did you think from him? For disrupting Brock Purdy. Yes. Um, it's interesting. What I, first of all, I really like him. I, I still consider him a very good quarterback, although I'm not sure he's an elite quarterback. Um, but a very good quarterback and good enough for this team. But what I saw was for the first time uh, missing open targets, um, actually seeming confused. Um, he had a 55 passer rating, and that's not acceptable. You can blame the offensive line. You could say, uh, you know, McCaffrey got hurt. Whatever you want. 55 is bad. It's bad. Bad. It's I say it's a flunking grade, really, Iggy. And so um, that's what I saw. I saw for the first time this is an inexperienced quarterback that everybody, including you and I, have overrated. Yeah. You know, for the first 13, 14 games of his career, he made it look so easy, right? There was always someone wide open, and he found him. And in this game, it was so hard for him. Where were the open receivers? And when there were smaller openings, he was like a little bit off, a little bit behind, almost on picks. And I, we, you wanted me to ask the question about what exactly did Jim Schwartz do? I asked it, and Kyle right away was like, well, he played a lot tighter man coverage. Just right away. So let's start there. It seems to me that that's the, the way to defend Brock Purdy. Now, you need good corners to pull it off, but against zone, with all the motions that the Niners do pre-snap, Brock Purdy's very smart. I think he can pretty much diagnose what the defense is doing and where to go with the ball against whatever zone coverage he can figure out before the snap. But when it's man, it's a different game. Because against man coverage, you can just you can diagnose that it's man coverage pre-snap. But you still don't know who's going to get open. Because someone has to beat someone on the defense. And uh, that's a different game for Brock Purdy. He struggled with that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would say... When it's zone coverage, bef before he even gets the ball snapped to him, he knows where he's going to go. And mm -hmm. he's great at killing zone coverage. But if you have good corners like Cleveland or the Jets, you know, or, or Philadelphia, who got beat, um, if you have good corners, he doesn't know instantly, immediately where to go. And I think we saw that on Sunday and we saw he was presented. It's like learning progressions. He was presented with problems he had not been asked to solve before and he couldn't solve them on the spot. Does that seem fair, Iggy? Absolutely. Like if he didn't have the answers to the test before the snap, it looked like all of a sudden he was the seventh round pick who's a little too small or not quite quick enough or doesn't have a strong enough arm or not quite accurate. And all of a sudden, all those things came out. And it's like, 
zone coverage, what they're what what they're doing is basically saying, we're, if you move the ball down the field, it's going to have to be a ten or twelve pay, play drive. And we don't think you're consistent enough to pull it off without taking a sack or throwing the ball away or getting picked. And Brock Purdy is consistent enough, absolutely. With this team on with Kyle Shanahan giving him the answers, he can check the ball down and hit the the intermediate throws consistently if you give it to him uh, against zone coverage. If you do what the Browns do and have some good corners, all of a sudden the windows he has to throw to are way smaller and he looks nor- uh, mortal. Iggy, this is the key question. Why don't other teams do man coverage against Purdy? Because they must understand the concept. Why is it that Cleveland did it and was successful? Well, Cleveland has a great defense, but I think it's not necessarily about the corners as much as it's about your linebacker. Because no team has a linebacker who can match up with Christian McCaffrey man-to-man. That's the matchup the Niners always have an advantage with. But Christian McCaffrey got hurt and knocked out of this game. And so now you're just worried, like, do we have a corner who can cover Brandon Ayuk? And Ayuk is good, but not great. We saw that if the corner's in his lap, he doesn't necessarily make contested catches. He needs to get open. And he wasn't getting open by a lot in this game, and he wasn't beating uh, the, the Browns. So I think a lot of it has to do with McCaffrey. And if McCaffrey doesn't play in the next few games, it's going to be interesting to see if Brock Purdy sees a lot more man-to-man coverage and how he does, because he hasn't really had to play much without McCaffrey. Right. So <laughs> I think we could say that a lot of their game plan determined is determined whether McCaffrey can play. And we're going to talk about that a little later. But whether or not McCaffrey plays, Brock Purdy is a different quarterback with him and without him. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting. They were, they were, we were talking about Brock Purdy being the real deal and a franchise quarterback and an MVP candidate. But as soon as McCaffrey leaves, now the coverage has changed and Brock Purdy looks mortal. You know, uh, what does that mean going forward? What does that mean going forward for him? Um, and what does it mean going forward for Sam Darnold? Like if, if Christian McCaffrey misses a couple games and Brock Purdy continues to struggle, does Kyle Shanahan think, geez, I mean, you know, this guy was a total product of McCaffrey. Like, Maybe Sam Darnold could be better. I mean, is is Brock Purdy's leash shorter? I wonder. I wonder if Kyle Shanahan looks at Brock Purdy differently after this game. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Shanahan, but my uh, gut feeling is that he's very generous about his players um, publicly talking to the media. But I have a feeling he's very hard, like his dad, very hard yeah. privately. And I, I, I don't think. Again, I'm not in the room. I don't think he said to Brock, hey, good try, um, boy. You know, it's just one of those things. You had a great first drive. You really did well at the end. And yeah, forget the other stuff. I don't read him that way. I read him as saying, you didn't live up to our standard, and we got to talk about this, and you better do it in the future. Now, if he thinks Sam Darnold is an answer to, to Brock Purdy, I would heartily disagree with Shanahan. <laughs> I would heartily disagree, but I don't think with I don't think we're anywhere near there yet. I don't think so. I could see Kyle Shanahan feeling like Brock Purdy not only didn't play well, but was one of the main reasons they didn't win the game. It's like people are talking about him being an MVP. Like he's one of the main reasons they didn't win the game. He had Christian McCaffrey open deep, overthrew him. He missed a lot of throws that were there. Now they were tighter windows but they were still open 
And I think from maybe from Shanahan's perspective, like not only are you not an MVP, but if you are the reason we're losing games, I'm going to take a look at Sam Darnold. I wouldn't be surprised, but I, I don't really expect Brock Purdy to do this again. I think we got to give Cleveland's defense credits really good. Yeah, and I think we got to be careful about overreacting. You don't want to overreact to one game because, Iggy, we knew a game like this was going to happen. We didn't know who it would be. We didn't think it would be um, Cleveland with a, a, a third-string quarterback. Every team has a game like this, and you learn from it and you move on. And I am confident that the Niners will learn from it, will move on, will be, beat the Vikings. We'll talk about that later. I am confident of all of that, but it's important for us because we're not fans, we're analysts to say Brock Purdy didn't look that good in that game and to say why, and to indicate it was man coverage and uh, CMC wasn't in there to help him, uh, Mm -hmm. to help him to keep it as zone coverage. And we saw drastic differences. Yeah. Also, and you got, go ahead. I'm sorry. One other thing you had mentioned Ayuk. I love to watch him play. And I had been talking about him being an elite receiver. I'm not so sure now. I I would now give him credit for being a heck of a good receiver. Yeah, he's he gets open. But when he's not all the way open and there's a uh, a cornerback draped all over him, Ayuk has really long arms, but he still doesn't seem to come down with the contested catch Yeah, for whatever reason. And the thing about Purdy, we've I've been talking for a while, like eventually the NFL is going to have a book on him. And right now, teams don't really know what to do. I think the book is out now. And we got to remember, the reason he's been facing so much zone coverage is because of McCaffrey. Teams feel they can't match up with him man-to-man. If McCaffrey goes out, does Brock Purdy all of a sudden look just like an ordinary quarterback? And if so, what does that say about him? And what does that say about what Sam Darnold could do on this team? I don't know. But that's what you got to learn because we still haven't seen that from Brock. He had a, there was that quarterback competition this offseason. He was the only one that got to play with McCaffrey. So it's like they got the results they wanted. They wanted to see that Brock was the best. All right, well, let's see what he looks like without McCaffrey. I would also add another thing. Let's say McCaffrey doesn't play next Monday and maybe Debo Samuel. Let's see what Kyle Shanahan looks like without them. Yep. Let's see how creative you know, he is. When I covered Bill Walsh, you know, when the world was a different world, The whole thing was people got hurt, next man up. I heard Bill say that hundreds of times. Next Mm -hmm. man up. We have no excuses. We're good players. Next man up. We're going to win. Well, (laughs) if McCaffrey doesn't play and Debo doesn't play, next man up, Kyle, what do you got? What do you got? Do you only win when you have a stacked deck? Exactly. You're supposed to be an offensive genius, and you would show that when 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 your hand isn't so great. That's right. right. That's yeah. when you need to be a coach. Yeah. Josh says, did you like covering Richard Sherman when he was there? I did. He was extremely interesting. Fish and Chip says, GCU was on my bad list, but I miss your dad's takes. Thanks. Fish and Chips. Purdy needs a coach who isn't going to react like a mad chimpanzee on the sideline when the pressure is intense. Brock needs a calm head coach by his side. Remember who was it? Remember how upset uh, Jim Harbaugh would get during games on the sideline? Oh, he would yell at the at the officials. Anoop says, "What adjustments did Kyle make to the Browns playing tight man coverage?" Also, McKivitz was abysmal. He should be replaced by Feliciano at right tackle. I didn't see what adjustments Kyle. He, he didn't seem to make many adjustments, and he 
he blamed the offensive problems on penalties. He certainly did. Things didn't go their way. Uh, I didn't see adjustments. Ernesto says Kyle loves not to play new players at their strengths. He wants McLeod to play like Debo and Bell like Ayuk when they go down. Impossible. It's true. That's a good point. David E, five bucks. Thank you. Daza says, even if healthy, we shouldn't need CMC to beat the Vikings, and it will give us a good chance to see more Mason and let CMC rest. Makes sense to me. Tony says, Brock is going to be okay. He will adjust now, knowing what it's like not having key players. He's resilient. It's one game. Panic if you lose three in a row. That's sure. a good comment, but how does that person know that that's the truth? It's true. It sounds like we have to see. To a degree. Adam Mitten says, Purdy seemed like he was struggling to complete routine throws. Do you think this will negatively affect his confidence, or will he bounce back? Um, I think he's very confident. I don't feel that confidence will be an issue. The issue will be, can he beat man coverage? My issue isn't, my question isn't Purdy's confidence in himself. It's Shanahan's confidence in Purdy because Shanahan's fickle. Shanahan overreacts. I don't know I'm about Brock. It. Brock yeah, seems like he has a lot of self, self-belief. self But what if Kyle's already, you know, what if Kyle's been waiting for an opportunity to go to Sam Darnold? I don't know. He's the only person in the world that likes Sam Darnold. We don't know how much or why. Fish and Ship says Kyle's tendencies returned under pressure. It sure Did. seemed like it. David E. says this was Purdy's first bad game, and he still put them in position to win against the number one defense. McCaffrey was out in the last drive. Give me a break. It's true. He put them in position to win. And um, had they won, it would have whitewashed everything. I agree. Yeah. He, that last drive was very good. Um, he's he's really fun to watch. I'm not predicting failure for him. I would like to see how he reacts. Grant and I had this conversation last week. We said they're not going to you know, be the best team every week. Every team yeah. faces losing or being behind. How do you react? Well, at the very end, he could have been a hero, Purdy. Wasn't his fault they lost at the end. Correct. All right. You know whose fault it was at the end? Jake Moody. The Niners oh. were driving down the field, and the TV kept cutting to Jake Moody on the sideline. And it, you could see it all over his face. He didn't exactly look confident. He looked miserable. And then he missed the kick. What did you What did you see from Jake Moody at the end? You know, it's funny. I've never talked to him, Iggy, so I don't know what he's like. But I do. You know, you look at faces when you're a journalist. You look at a face like when I used to cover boxing. Sometimes when they'd come to the middle of the ring to get the instructions, you could sometimes see. You could smell a loser, <laughs> someone who really didn't have the confidence. Um, Jake Moody, it may be just his face, but he looks like a guy who has the weight of the world on his shoulders, does, doesn't he? It's like, yeah. boy, this kick is, <laughs> this is hard. Or like, if I don't make this kick, I'll be in a lot of trouble. That's what he looks like. Whereas Robbie Gold looked like, boy, this is fun. I'm going to make this kick. I'm going to win the game. It's like, mm -hmm. that's why I'm here and I love it. You don't get, you don't see that on that young man's face. So let me ask you a question. When you talk to him, what's his voice? What's his affect like? Like a high, like a, like a whisper. A he's whisper. like, he's like, he's hiding a little bit. I mean, I don't know him that well. It just seems like he's in an impossible position. Yeah. Because compare him to Purdy. Purdy was replacing Jimmy Garoppolo. Not a high bar. 
Jimmy Garoppolo is not a great quarterback. He he put up good numbers here, but everyone knows. I mean, look at him now. Robbie Gold is one of the most successful, accurate kickers of all time. And like with the quarterback, Brock Purdy, Kyle can help him out. You know, you can call plays. You can put a good supporting cast around him. There's, it's not all on Purdy. But with Moody, there's nothing anyone can do for it. It's all on him and his toe. And the six inches between his ears. And right now it looks like the pressure of trying to replace an all-time great kicker on a team that's supposed to be ready to win a Super Bowl is a little much for him. Well, he had his chance to win. the. We know for a fact he had his chance to win the game, and he blew it. And it wasn't a hard kick. It, was, okay. it wasn't, you know, like 56 yards or something like that. It was a 41. kick that he should, he should make that kick. And a lot it of people 41, do make that. And the ball was right between the hashes. It was right down the middle, 41-yard kick. Eight, it's like eight yards behind an extra point. Yeah, he should make it. So I have a question for you. I listened yesterday. Usually I don't listen, but Grant was at the house. So I, you said you want to hear the press conference. So I listened. I didn't say anything. but And I noticed how generous um, Kyle was to um, Moody. You know, it's a learning experience. And I'm thinking, learning experience? He cost you the game. That's not a learning experience. Every win in the NFL is precious. So I have a question for you, Iggy. Do you think he was that generous to Moody privately? Oh, you it's think a he learning went up to Jake Moody and says, What did he learn? Here's what he learned. If you do that again, you're not going to be the kicker on this team. That's what I think he told him. Now, I'm not in the room, but <laughs> it's what I would have told him. If you do that again, we're getting someone else, and you're going to IR with something, back spasms or something, a yeah. hamstring. That's what's happening. So yeah. good luck next week. But if you do that stuff again, we got to get someone else. That, that's yeah. what he learned, that uh, you don't have much of a leash on the 49ers. Yeah, especially when you lose a game. Losing a game isn't a learning experience. It's a disaster. Missing yeah. that kick was not a learning experience. It wasn't even close. It was a disaster. This was a team that could have been 6-0, and and now they're 5-1. and that, right. that loss, I, I've been around football teams. The coaches right now feel sick about that loss. Forrester right. is not going around saying, oh, it's a learning experience for the kid. You know, no way. It's not how they feel. They took a big Nor gamble. Should they. Nor should they. No. They took a big gamble going from Robbie Gold to Jake Moody, and already it's cost them one game. It could cost them more. And if it yeah. costs them a second one, I bet you they don't mess around with it anymore. They just go get Robbie Gold. I would. I, I, I don't. Uh, Jake Moody may be a very nice young man. I don't think his feelings are an issue here. The issue is winning. I don't understand how the Niners really thought that Jake Moody would be an upgrade over Robbie Gold. And now it's yeah. pretty clear that he's not. You can't replace a potential Hall of Fame kicker with a rookie and expect the rookie to be better than him right away. And I, I don't understand how what the, where the development comes from. It looks right now like he's um, affected by the pressure of it all more than right. It, and I, I think you mentioned to me that he really bombed, hit that one final kick hard. And what he needed was a little more placement and finesse, which Robbie Gold yeah. could do in his sleep. Also, I went back and looked. Um, his he kicked 
he kicked the first one he missed, he missed to the left, wide left. And then the final one, the 41 yarder, he pushed to the right. So he overcorrected. Got it. Got it. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. he's all in his head. He's all in his head right now. I don't know. Do you trust this guy in the playoffs? Does he trust himself in the playoffs? Does he make it to the playoffs? Does he make it to the playoffs? Good point. Dazza says, as much as Purdy without CMC is a concern, the Niners' rush defense and O-line are bigger concerns. How will we beat the Eagles in the trenches? Let's go right to it. Niners gave up 160 yards on the ground against Cleveland, which was surprising considering they couldn't really throw the ball. You'd figure the Niners could sort of sell out and stop the run, but they didn't. I was asked about that yesterday on his conference call, and he went right to scheme. He was like, yeah, you know, we've been playing a lot of two deep, two high shells, which really aren't as strong against the run. And, you know, we've had some success with that, but uh, he, he threw that right out there. What do you think Iggy, of that? explain to people what two high shells is and why it's not effective against the run. Okay, so when in those pregame shows on Fox, they'll say a key to the game is shutting down the run. Right, you hear that a million times. How, how are they going to shut down the run? Well, they're going to put that eighth man in the box. You got to load that box and put eight in the box. You've heard that a million times, right? The eighth man in the box is one is the strong safety. Instead of him being deep, he is in the box like a linebacker, ready to stop the run, committing to stopping the run. Well, it's a passing league now, and teams like to play two deep shells where you put both safeties back and say you're not throwing deep on us. Go ahead and run the ball, and that's what the Niners did. That's what most teams do. It's what Niners do most of the time. It's what they did against. Cleveland, even though their quarterback was their third string quarterback and they were running the ball effectively. And it seems like Kyle Shanahan was kind of saying like, well, schematically, we weren't in the most advantageous position, but it's no excuse. Well, he was saying we were calling in the wrong defense. Am I wrong? He was saying we were calling the wrong. Yeah. I mean, against that team and the guy had a 45 passer rating. He threw two picks. He seemed... That P.J. Walker, I mean, it was brave what he did, but he was dreadful. Uh, and yeah. in a case like that, you you adjust to stop the run. So what yeah. I think he was saying was my defensive coordinator didn't catch up. I think it's exactly what he was saying. And if we if you go back and look at his conference call, it sounded very level headed, like, you know, it's just one game. We're tight knit group. But you go and look at what he said. It doesn't look like he was particularly happy with Brock Purdy, Jake Moody, or Steve Wilkes. If you're talking about people on Kyle Shanahan's bad list, those three might have gotten some serious talking talkings to after the game. I think so. Again, I don't know Shanahan, but he strikes me as blunt, not someone who talks around. Now, Bill Walsh would talk around an issue, okay, because yeah. he didn't like conflict. This guy doesn't seem like that. My guess is he had a very pointed conversation with Wilkes and said, why did you use that? Why did you, yeah. you run that defense? And yeah. if we have people who can't pass and are running, we want you to make an in-game adjustment. Can you? Uh, I don't feel that that plane ride back um, or what's happening in the building right now is cupcakes and coffee. I don't <laughs> think so. Mm-mm. No, because this this defense last year with D'Amico Ryans gave up 3.4 yards per carry. It was the second best run defense in the league. And now with Steve Wilkes, whatever he's doing is much softer against the run. And they just lost to a team that was completely one-dimensional on offense. They were All they could do was run the ball. And Steve Wilkes was calling plays like, I mean, if you're going to play a two-deep shell all game, you do that against Patrick Mahomes because you're scared of him. 
You do that against Tom Brady in his prime, Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Like, please, we know you could throw a 50 yards down the field and just score at will. So we're not going to let you do that. We're going to make you check down and try to live with that because sort of, I mean, it's the best we can do. You don't do that against P.J. Walker. Yeah. P.J. Walker, Iggy, looked confused sometimes. Yeah. Not his yeah. fault, but he looked confused. So I would, look, I would have to agree with Kyle that Wilkes was calling the wrong defenses or didn't adjust in game. Now, I find it interesting. I'm going to say one no, thing. No, you're going to say it. Kyle's on the headset. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like, <laughs> what? Why does he say, say something, man? Hey, dude, yeah. this isn't working. Would you go away from it? I, I would think that's what you would do. And now he complains after the game. I mean, if the head coach says, I don't want to use that defense, the defensive coordinator is going to adjust. Yeah, Kyle has the ultimate say there. It's kind of strange. Make, yeah. <laughs> you said it now. Tell him, that, tell him during the game. Yeah. Fish and Chips says, not Moody's fault. Kyle Shannon lost it at the 321, 25-second drive. 25-second drive. That was no good. That was Mass no good. There were a lot of things that weren't good, yeah. <laughs> Fishy. The Brown Stains have a 13 to 8 record on SF. Aren't the Yorks from Ohio? They sure do have luck beating SF most of the time. Am I tripping? You would know better than me. Fish and Chips says Doug Bryan, rookie 94, never put in that position. Doug Bryan, 94, the Niners kicker. Larry Gian says, When is Vish coming back on the show? I don't know. I haven't talked to Vish in a while. He was on a few months ago. Tony says, Jake Duty, he's not made for pressure situations. Scary situation to be in for the Niners. Go get gold, please. Okay, Jake Duty. Jack Jackson says, now do you regret trading Lance and keeping Sam? I feel more comfortable with Trey. I would. It would have been nice to see what Trey had looked like with uh, Christian McCaffrey. They never played together. David E. says, agree with Mr. Cohn 100%. Moody seems very unsure. It appears to lack confidence. How could they risk a season on him? Seems like malpractice. <laughs> I think he's got one more shot. Dale says there is something off with the entire D. It's just meh, not bad, but not amazing like before Wilkes. And they added Javon Hargrave. It's supposed to be even better. It's Seamus says fans since 92. Wash Grant and friends since mid-Jimmy G era. Best place to get critical thinking of the Niners. Lowell met you through these streams. Thank you for sharing your love with us while ruthlessly analyzing this team. Thanks, Seamus. Seamus. Thank you, Seamus. Okay. Dad, a week ago seems like a long time ago. But can yeah. we take us back in time and remind everyone what the 49ers conversation was seven days ago? Seven days ago, we had people. It's very interesting. Grant and I were trying to pump the brakes because we've seen a lot of football and fans. God love them because they're fans. We're saying two things. Hey, this team could go undefeated. That was seven days ago. Mm -hmm. This team is so good. It could go undefeated. And also, hey. Brock Purdy could be as good as Joe Montana. Yeah, he can't rule well, it out. He can't be rule it out. And, and, and they were saying things like, why isn't he as good? As, I, I got that. Well, why isn't yeah. he as good as Joe Montana? I, I made you explain that on the show last week. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so I don't think they're going to go undefeated. No knock on them. They're a terrific team. But – we still have a lot to learn about them because the league is looking at them in, in more um, deep in deeper ways. And I don't think now someone may get some stats, but I saw a lot of Joe Montana games. I didn't see games like that. Like what? Don't Purdy say that. Had. I'm sure he had one. 
I'm sure he had one. Okay. I'm could, sure okay. Did. But still. Did. But still. So could I yeah. say this? But it was I'll a different say, era back then. You could cream the quarterback back then. In addition, he might have had some bad games. He was Joe Montana. He won four Super yeah. Bowls. Yeah. I, I don't think it's appropriate to compare Brock Purdy to him for a long time. Oh, but Brock Purdy's won like 13 games, Dad. That's kind of the same thing. <laughs> you know, I, I also want to say another thing. Football is a very hard and unforgiving universe, just like life. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. And the conversation shortchanges a lot in a week, doesn't it? Yeah, because a week feels like a month. You know what I mean? A week feels like a month. Um, everything that we took for a lot of the things we took for granted about the 49ers quote unquote greatness before they lost to Cleveland. We have to rethink a little bit. Yeah. We were talking like, you know, are they head and shoulders, the best team in the league? Apparently not. It was funny, not even a week ago, but a few days ago, Shannon Sharp went on his show and emphatically said, Brock Purdy is not elite. He's a product of what Kyle Shanahan is doing over there. And it sounded like such a blasphemous thing to say. I think he said it on Friday, Thursday. Now he looks like he was right. And what's interesting about Shannon Sharp, he's great, one of the great all-time tight ends. You know who he played for? Mike Shanahan. He's one of the greatest players who ever played for Mike Shanahan. He's been in the media for a while. I would imagine that they're, but I don't know if they talk to each other, but they've known each other. And it just felt like what Sharp was saying was like, yeah, this is all about the Shanahan's here again. And maybe he's right. Maybe it's it was feel. a very, uh, from his point of view, it was a very well-timed comment. Yeah. I'm sure he's pleased with himself. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. The latest on Christian McCaffrey, the, the results of his MRI aren't in yet. Well, they're in, but they haven't told us, uh, which is strange. Usually that gets reported, but Matt Mayoko, who's incredibly plugged in, tweeted this morning that from what he understands, it's a pain tolerance issue, and he left it at that. Um, so it sounds like whatever it is, whether it's a cracked rib or a strained oblique or whatever, he's not going to make it worse by playing. But it could be extremely painful. Do you think he should play against the Vikings? I would say no. Um, even if it's just a pain thing, it means there's something wrong in there. And I think if he gets hit really hard on that side, it could make it wronger. And I can tell you defensive players are going to go for him. They're not going to say, gee, we don't want to hurt Christian. They're going to go for it. I think a couple of things. The Niners are good enough to beat the really to beat the Vikings without Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And I think Shanahan is a good enough play caller to beat the Vikings without Christian McCaffrey. And if he can't do it, then we have to talk about next week. We have to talk about Shanahan some more. In other words, he's everything's dependent on this. Usually it's dependent on the quarterback. You're telling mm -hmm. me everything's dependent on a running back. I'm not used to that, Eggy. I'm used yeah. to next man up. Mason right. is a good running back. He's averaging 5.9 yards per carry for his career. But you got to remember, despite all this talent on offense and Kyle Shanahan's overwhelming genius, this offense was scoring 19 points per game last year before McCaffrey came here. And we talked yeah. earlier about how he forces teams to play zone coverage and he kind of simplifies what the Niners face. He's 
he is is Debo Samuel number one wide receiver? I don't know. Is Ayuk a number one wide receiver? I don't know. Kittle had one yard last. It's all about McCaffrey. Everyone else is sort of secondary to him. And once he's off the field, who takes over? Shanahan. Shanahan yes, takes Shanahan over. Shanahan takes over. Shanahan, sure. I'm telling you, if Bill Walsh lost a key player, let's he, say he lost yeah. Jerry Rice for a game, okay? He could win. He didn't he didn't go in his office and say, Oh God, oh, Jerry's out. What am I gonna do? Oh my God. He's I used to see him. He had a yellow, these yellow legal pads, and he was hand little neat little handwriting and making um circles and triangles, not X's and O's. Triangles and O's. He didn't say, Oh, Jerry. He'd say, I'm gonna use this guy, I'm gonna use this guy, Brent Jones, blah, 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 blah. We're gonna win. That's how he would feel. And Shanahan has to be that courageous and that resilient and that clever. It's about yeah, I mean, Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, the first year that Bill Walsh won the Super Bowl, 1981, he didn't have Jerry Rice. He didn't have Roger Craig. He had Dwight Clark and Freddie Solomon. And I wasn't even alive back then, so I couldn't tell you anyone else. But, I mean, it was like he, he didn't, didn't have, have a bunch of Hall of Famers. No. He didn't have any. Paul Hoffer? I think he had... Hofer and I think Linville Elliott he had. Yeah, Hofer. Okay. Hofer was a good guy. Okay. It's but a, not so all of it. Work. No, absolutely. Work. Bill Bill was the kind of guy, he would sit down and say, gee, he wouldn't say, gee, I have a system. How can I plug inferior players in my system? I saw him. He would sit down and say, I'm missing these guys for this game. What can I do with these guys? So the guys came before the system. He would adapt to whom he had. I don't see Kyle doing that. And if he doesn't have McCaffrey, the key player is Kyle. How do you get a good offense? And talking to his defensive coordinator, if things aren't going well, and say, could you try something different? I think it would be good for the Niners to not have McCaffrey out there for a little bit because they've been using him like a crutch. It's great that he's good. You use him, you know, to your heart's content in the playoffs, no restrictions, but not now. He's got an, in an injury issue, an injury that's painful, and it's a let it heal up. He should sit against the Vikings. He should sit against the Bengals next week. The following week's a bye week. You could give him three straight off weeks and then have him ready to go fresh for the stretch run. That's what I would do. That's what I would I do. Iggy, yeah. didn't you get the feeling, and again, I don't cover Stanford football, but that he didn't play in that bowl game, one of the reasons is that David Shaw really overused him? Oh, my God. You should go back and look at some of the game logs from Christian McCaffrey. It's before yeah. uh, players were getting paid in college. It was like an amateur kept carrying the ball 30, 35 times a game. Like, dude, that is unfair to ask of your amateur kid athlete. Yeah. David. Yeah. And and what you what you have with McCaffrey is you have an overwhelming talent. Iggy, mm -hmm. it is so much fun to watch him play. But mm -hmm. he's not that big. He's not no. that big and he's been hurt before. You have to use him carefully and with love. You have to use him <laughs> with love, not just yeah. pound him out there. You you really have to bring in other backs more of the time. And what Kyle says is, well, uh, he doesn't want to come out hello, you're the coach. He's not the coach. If he doesn't want to come out, you say, with all due respect, I want you to come out. Because look at him now. Yeah. This happened by, by acquiescing to 
Christian's wishes. And what's interesting is what's going to happen this week. If yeah, knowing Christian, he's going to want to play because yep. he knows the perception of him from people that don't think he's as good as he thinks he is, is that he's soft. He's finesse. He's not a real bell cow running back. So he, that's why he doesn't want to come off the field. He wants to prove it. Nah, I don't give it. I don't care how I look. I can do this. I'm as tough as anyone. So he's going to want to play through this. Like save him from himself, Kyle, please. Save him from himself. I want to say a very sad sight on the sideline last week. We were watching on television was him rotating his back, trying to somehow work out the pain. It, it, it bothered me. It was sad. Uh, I was thinking, just take a breath. Give it up. Give it up yeah. for today. It's not your day. It's a long season. It's a long season. Yeah. Another guy who was gutting it out yes, uh, in that game that pro- I don't think should play in the next game, Trent Williams. I mean, he looked clearly injured. He wasn't playing well at all. I mean, I guess he was doing the Niners a favor and a service by sticking it out there, but sit him. Sit him yeah. unless he's 100%. So what we're saying is that Williams and McCaffrey are wonderful competitors. We're not criticizing them at all. They 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 really want to play. This is where the coach comes in and he has to be the father figure and say, you know what? Not today. Not today. Not today. Not today. Yeah. The father, I like that. Uh, who is Sparta? Jay Sway says, I feel like our offensive struggles had more to do with Brown's defense than the offense being bad. Does not bode well versus the Eagles. Well, it's the Browns defense that made the offense look bad and an offense that's uh, guided by Kyle Shanahan is not supposed to look bad under any circumstances. True. Jimmy Kwan says Kyle's playbook needs to include scripted plays for Ray Ray, Juszczyk, Dwelly, Bell for games like the Browns. Too much CMC, too early. Kyle is the leader and players feed off of him. Love the con zone. Oh, thank you. Love you, Jimmy Kwan. Good stuff. I agree with that. Ernesto says, to be honest, that game had too many. That game had too many. If they make that play or get that call, we win that game. Jake's kick was just the last one. And yes, all need to be made. I'm with you on that one, Ernesto. I know what you mean. A lot of those. They didn't play well enough to win. They're better than the Browns, but they didn't play well enough to win. Lindsey G, five bucks. Thank you. 69ers says, why the hell are they not using Kittle? How about a bonus topic right there for a second? Let's stick with that. Bonus topic. George Kittle, man. Yo, 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 yo. One target, one catch, one yard. Remember 10 years ago? No, he had wait, two wait. targets. He had two, two targets. targets. And two targets. one catch for one yard. Remember 10 years ago when that happened to Vernon Davis? He had no catches against the Seahawks. And I asked Jim Harbaugh, like, why didn't he call the Y stick and the Y stick looky? And he got in the whole thing. And he, we got along after that. Like, I almost want to do that to Kyle. Like, man, how many plays in your playbook feature George Kittle as the primary receiver? And how come you only called? How many, how many of them did you call? What? Paying this guy like almost $20 million a year. How could this possibly happen? Especially when Debo and McCaffrey are out. So Iggy, let me ask you this. Is the fact that he had only one catch for one yard, is it Kittle's fault or Kyle's fault? I mean, I'd have to say it's Kyle's fault. Kittle the previous week had three touchdowns. I mean, it's not like he's washed up. When they they go to him, he seems to make plays. So why don't you go to him? Yeah. Yeah. Strange. Yeah, I, don't I wish uh, someone, it's funny. Uh, I want to explain why you can't all the, ask all these questions because um, you're not journalists. Monday, you're not in a room. It's it's a conference call. You're on, on the phone. And you really only get one question. And you have to fight for that because people are, 
yammering and you have to keep talking. So you don't really get follow up questions. And Iggy had his one question um, about the uh, coverage on, you know, the man coverage, and he couldn't get another question. So sometimes, although I want to say Kyle was very generous with his time, he was, he was, but he was. it's very hard to get a follow-up question. Yes. Well, I'll, I'll do that in a second, Kyle with the media, but just sticking with Kittle for a second. This is a gap in Kyle. Like You're so committed to using McCaffrey. You won't let a game go by without getting the most out of McCaffrey, but you'll let Kittle have a completely forgettable game where he's not even involved. That's so strange. And it's not like Kyle Shanahan. He doesn't rest players or think about the big picture. He's there to to get the most out of that day. It's almost like, dude, did you guys have a conversation? I mean, were you were you upset at him for having that t-shirt last week? Like, what happened? Were you trying to bring George Kittle down a peg after sort of he's, he's George Kittle always makes a spectacle of himself on on national television, which he did last week with that tele, with that t-shirt. I don't know. I don't know. But Kyle, knock it off, all right? Would you would you go have a beer with George Kittle and work it out? Find him in your playbook and get, get him the darn ball. You're paying him like you want to get him the ball. Now's a good time. Yeah, I, that was re- that was really strange, Iggy. Uh, again, had it been in a room and we had more time, and I had been there, I said, "Why didn't you call more plays for Kittle?" And then Kyle might have said, "I did call the plays, but he wasn't open," which is a fair answer, but. Iggy, he gets open. Yeah. All right, quick bonus topic. Can we talk about how much Kyle Shannon has improved in press conferences? Oh. I mean, yes. he's always like liked to talk about football, but in the past, he would really bristle at any type of question that wasn't complimentary. Any type of question that actually questioned something, decision, whatever he was doing, he would get snarky to the point where when, when Purdy got his elbow ripped off after the NFC championship game. He had some really snarky answers like, well, I'm sorry, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. He went on a run ever since then. He's been perfect. He doesn't do that stuff anymore. And after this is his first loss, he answered every question with brutal honesty. I asked, what was the issue with, uh, Brock Purdy? He went right to the man coverage thing. I didn't run from it at all. I was impressed. What do you think? I was impressed as well. Um, Sometimes when he talks, I try to compare him to Belichick, who's Belichick is a sourpuss. Mm-hmm. You know, he is so crummy to the media there. It's as though Belichick walks through life sucking on a sour lemon. I don't know why he's like that. Kyle. And he's withholding, I, right? Like, well, oh, it's, none you. it's none I'm of your business. It's none of your business. Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. yeah, where and he answers in monosyllables. He may yeah. not even have a have a, a predicate or a verb or it really. Kyle, it's like his batteries are low, right? It's like somebody's <laughs> to charge him. God, yeah, he's conserving. He's on low power mode. <laughs> I felt yesterday Kyle answered forthrightly. Yep. I do. I mm-hmm. think he answered in detail, and mm-hmm. he gave answers. Which, whether the media understood them or not, were enlightening. Yeah. Like about, he talked about the man coverage. He went right to yeah. it. He's a very sharp football mind. And if you ask him football questions now, as opposed to a few years ago, he's very comfortable being honest. And I got to say, it is such a pleasure when I was younger to cover a man like that. As much as I like Harbaugh, and I do, 
he would really not answer questions like that. He might, but he had other personalities and other personalities. He'd shoot you down and you didn't know who you'd get that day. But now with Kyle, you seem to be getting a consistent personality who's honest, forthcoming, and speaks at length to the issue. What a pleasure. What a coach that you want to No, It's not a coach you want to have. What a coach the media wants to have. Again, he's a dream. I don't know. I don't know how gracious he is to his players after a loss privately. My suspicion is that he's not particularly gracious, but he's become so much more gracious with the media, which frankly is all that matters to me. So thanks. Right. Cause this, all we know about these people the famous people, the coaches, the players, is how they present themselves to us. That's yeah. all we know about them. We don't know what they're like at dinner with their families. We don't We don't know what they're like on vacation. We just know how they present to us. And as I've said, Iggy, I think we know about 15% about them if we're lucky. And I do want to say, I want to give a little shout out to the Niners PR director, Corey Rush. He's a really um, sensible I want to say gentle guy. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to put him like that, but he like, he's got a gentle touch with people. And I feel like the PR director is always the guy in the head coach's ears kind of whispering to him. Okay. Like these are the questions you could get today. Here's some possible yeah. answers. And I feel like Corey does a great job with Kyle Shanahan's being like, Hey man, like you're probably going to get these questions asking you. And here's a way that you can say it without looking defensive. I think he's brought out the best in Kyle. And he think he's a, I just want to shout out Corey rush. No one knows who you are, but you're good. Yeah, I, I met him uh, a few weeks ago, and I think you're right. He's a very nice man. Yep. Um, okay. Daza says, over, uh, why overplay CMC? Mason is averaging 5.6 yards a carry. I don't know, because Mason fumbled one time in the preseason. I don't know. Damon Flag, two bucks. Thank you. Fish and chips, building diminished players. If B. Jones was injured, was injured, there was no questions. It was Wesley Walls next. Not ignore the position because Jones was missing. I agree. Bill Walsh. Wesley Walls. I remember Wesley Walls. Greenlaw says Toby Rivera. Yeah, they're missing Greenlaw. One word Greenlaw says, <laughs> thank you, Toby. Pete Ruiz, do you think Purdue arm? Purdue. Purdy arm was sore or hurting due to the cold, rainy weather, and that's why he couldn't throw as well? Or why was he off? I think the coverage. And look, no one yeah. said his arm was hurting. No one took no. that excuse. I think the defense befuddled him. Mm. Lindsey G says, I watched JT's breakdown on Patreon. Seemed like they were, they were unprepared to lose CMC. Debo missed blocks, play design, and poor play, but Purdy did have some solid throws with some anticipation. He's a good yes, quarterback. He's, he's, he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. All right. Dad, how can the Niners beat the Vikings? It seems like the Browns... No, how can the, how can the Vikings oh, beat the Niners? Let me try again. How can the Vikings beat the 49ers? On paper, it okay. looks like the Vikings don't have much of a chance, but the Browns just put out a blueprint. Yeah, let me first start. I am confident the Niners are, are going to beat the Vikings. I mm -hmm. think they're a way better team, even though they're, they're going to be in, in Minneapolis. I am confident. But what we're doing is it's like a, a seminar, a graduate seminar, mm -hmm. because believe me, the 49ers coaches are sitting right now and talking, how can they beat us? They're not saying, oh, we're going to win. It's going to be easy. They're saying, where are we vulnerable? Where are they good? How can they beat us? So what, this conversation we're having is not out of line. Well, if they, I'll say right now uh, how they can beat them. If the Niners face um, man coverage and they mm -hmm. can confuse Purdy, 
one, if CMC doesn't play, and I don't think he should play, it makes them not quite as good. Those would be two things I would say. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. So many teams want to play zone coverage, but I think against the Niners, I think you're going to give up 30 points to the Niners if you play zone. Purdy's good. The team is good. I, even if they don't have Christian McCaffrey, I think they can put up a lot of points if you just give them those voids in zone coverage. But against man coverage, I think you have a better chance. And I think teams are going to try it. And we'll see how it goes. Um, I mean, it's not like Debo Samuel's a great route runner. George Kittle isn't a great route runner. Ayuk's good. But Ayuk was pretty inconsistent last game. So let's see if the Vikings follow the blueprint. I would say one other thing. If the Vikings can run for more than 100 yards, that'll be very interesting. It will because so far statistically this year, the Vikings are terrible at running the ball. So if they can run the ball against the Niners, and the Niners have a problem. They have a problem. Who's their primary running back? Cam Akers or Alex Madison. Like they they can't run the ball. So let's see if they well, try. If if they look, I think the Niners are gonna win because the Vikings can't run the ball, because I don't think they're gonna really play man defense that well. Um and I think Kirk Cousins, he you know. He's like Dak Prescott. He makes throws that you say, that's beautiful. That's yeah. really that, – and maybe Brock Purdy couldn't make that throw on the run or right. whatever. But they also do the worst things. Uh, Dak and Cousins, they, they take away all the good things by one yeah. horrendous play. And I feel that's the kind of quarterback Cousins is. And I don't think – the 49ers should ever want him because I think his negatives are more than his positives. And that's why I think the Niners are going to beat these guys. Ordinarily, I say the Niners are going to kill a team. I said they were going to kill Dallas, and I was right on that. I'm not so sure they're going to kill these guys, um, especially if they don't have CMC, but I think they're going to beat them. Yeah, I want to see how Brock Purdy plays. Can you bounce back? And I, I really want to see this team without Christian McCaffrey. I think it's a great opportunity for them to learn how to win without McCaffrey. They've been leaning on him way too much for a year. I agree, Yegi. I, 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 I agree. And when we say they've been, we mean Kyle's been leaning on him too much. Yeah. Or McCaffrey's been leaning on himself too much and Kyle hasn't been able to say anything. I agree. Arena, $2, uh, $2 super sticker. Thank you. Serenity says, after my travels, watch game, and didn't you think the O-line fell apart in the second half? Brock struggled, but he had no time, and the Browns' coverage was good. Yeah, the O-line struggled big time. Absolutely. Uh, okay, last topic. Dad, can you tell me the difference between critical comments and negative hating? Yeah, I, in fact, this is a, a topic that I suggested to Grant that we put in today. Because what happens, you know, sometimes I read the comments. I don't, sometimes I don't because I find them so harsh sometimes. But now Grant and I gave a critical analysis, critical of the Niners because they lost a game they shouldn't have lost. And both he and I felt the this is germane, this is relevant. Mm -hmm. But we're not hating on the Niners. We don't want them to lose. We're not being negative. Negative says... They suck. Who cares? Who cares? We're not being like that. We're taking them very seriously. Mm. We care, and we don't think they suck. We think they're one of the best teams in the whole league. 
What we're doing is being critical, which I was taught to do in school and Iggy. We were English majors and we were taught to, quote, think critically. That doesn't mean think negatively. It means to take an issue apart. And what we did today was take an issue apart. What did we learn about the Niners? We learned some things that weren't so beautiful. I think it's not only fair to point them out. If we're journalists, it's our job to point them out. And that doesn't make us haters. Yeah, uh, we're journalists. This is the mission statement of a journalist. We're not fans. I, um, in jest, like to call myself quality control. Obviously, I'm not a coach for the 49ers. And there are really real quality control people for this team that work very hard and make good money. But what I mean by that is when I'm getting giving constritis, when I'm giving criticisms, it's meant at best in a constructive way. I don't want the Niners to win. I don't need the Niners to win, but I'm trying to help and I'm trying to offer solutions because we're over here saying that the goal should be the Super Bowl and not just oh. the NFC Championship game. So I'm trying to help. And I don't know if I have, but I think it's the attempt that counts. And I want to emphasize the, the point you made. This is a Super Bowl team. Uh, you can't say, oh, they, they, you know, they got as far as the NFC Championship game. No, this is their shot. They need to get into the Super Bowl and they need to win the Super Bowl or else it's or else it's just a lot of talk and a lot of hot air. And that needs to stop. They need to produce. They need to get the sixth Super Bowl. It's been a long time. And between them, Bill Walsh and George Seifert won five. They mm -hmm. won five Super Bowls and they never lost one. I was in first grade. The last time they won a Super Bowl. What grade are you in now? When I was in first grade, I pulled the fire alarm. I have to get that off my conscience. I just said it. I remember, oh, your teacher Ooh. was so outraged. I pulled remember the fire alarm. Was, I know you did. I remember okay, go, to your, um, go to your room. Kid in front of me. We, we were it was a rainy day and we were signing up for um lunch. And you had to write your name, and the, the thing was right next to the fire alarm, and it said pull here, and I just couldn't resist. It was <laughs> It was like asking you it. to. Oh my God. I pulled it and everyone had to go outside and line up and the, and the fire department came and the teacher was just like, Oh, what were you thinking? Was. And I, I got to pull the I'm seven card or six. Like, I don't know. I said, pull here. <laughs> I'm sorry. So Ms. Luzar, I'm, I'm really sorry about that. That was me. It was, it was my Ms. fault. Luzar. Right. It was Ms. And Luzar. E, she yeah. was a very nice lady. She was so nice. She, she was so angry. She was yeah. seething. She gave me the like, and then we had to stand outside and she was just like looking forward because I think she felt that it like reflected on her. Like she got in trouble. Yeah. Which it probably was. I was six. You know, she, you should, she shouldn't let me do that. <laughs> right. She was the Kyle Shanahan of the room. Yeah. What was she thinking? She knew <laughs> she should have known better. I'm sorry, Miss Luzar. She's probably somewhere being like, I remember that freaking day. Yeah. I remember that freaking day. <laughs> Um, I think the game plan was Debo and CMC heavy. They get injured. Kyle had to call plays that they didn't really practice much. That's why they seem to be off schedule, dropping passes, late throws, McLeod looking confused. I, I'm not going to give Kyle a break on that. You know, you're so clever. You got all these plays in your head. Come up with some plays for other people. Dreams 24 says Brock versus Kyle. Old lover. Going to be interesting. I don't even understand. That. I'm sorry. 
Serenity says, I need to hear criticism because when they win, we think they're perfect. I hated that everyone said we would crush the Browns, then see that ugly loss. Love you, Papa Cone. You too, Grant. Thank you very much, Serenity. I appreciate it. Thanks, for it, Serenity. That's our show. That I is enjoyed a it. pleasure. I thought we did it's good. Always a pleasure. I, I love, love you, Dad. Grant. Okay. I'll call you in a minute. Okay. Hey guys, I'll be back this afternoon with Larry. Larry. I say Larry. 